0: I'm a catcher and I'm supposed to be commanding the field. And I was terrified to yell where to put the ball. So, you know what I mean? And coach would like harp on me, like, come on, like just mess it up. And finally I get it. Painting and messing it up and learning is all a part of the joy of the journey, you know? And I look back and go, okay, this is why I went through these things because now look at the picture, you know? Mm. Now look at what this can bring.
1: Hey, hey, it's Ashley Agle, and I want to thank you for coming back to listen to When the Cleats Come Off. I'm very excited. Today, I have a little unconventional interview with a close friend that I met back when I was very little, going to Notre Dame softball camps. Her name is Jessica Garber. Her maiden name was Huffnagle, so if I refer to her as Huffy that's who she was when I met her. She's still as huffy in my eyes. And she was a four-year letter winner at Notre Dame. And then she, after that, assisted at Bethel, Southern Miss, and also Notre Dame as well. And now she teaches art and gives lessons up here in Indiana um, and is also a school teacher. And I am obsessed with her story and her journey. And let's go back. So way back when, Uh, I had this dream to play at Notre Dame, and I know a lot of you guys know this already. I've talked about it on the podcast. And I used to go to camp, and I used to love... Huffy, like she was the cage where when we were all done with camp, she was our favorite. She still actually goes and works at Notre Dame camps to this day just her love of the game and putting smile on people's faces. I was just very drawn to her as an athlete and now as a friend of hers, I'm just very drawn to her mission and the work that she's doing now. So, when she actually moved a lot closer to me. We've met up a few times and just her love of art is something that I've really dove into and and really admire about her, especially because she's gone through very, very hard things in her life. And art was her way of escaping um, all of those things and getting her emotions down on a canvas. And I thought this was relevant for this podcast because how many of your athletes are only focusing on sports and don't have some sort of creative outlet to allow them to be a kid and do things other than sport? I've seen a ton of burnout in the sport of softball. And I really think this conversation with Huffy is going to hopefully expand the mind of realizing that sports is not everything. And once sports is done, it's good to have other outlets that your athlete and even you can dive into so that it's not like sports are over and it's like, what's next? So I really, really, really love this conversation with Huffy. In this episode, you'll learn her very unique journey to lead her to playing at Notre Dame how she was able to use art as an escape through very tough times. She shares the vulnerable story of her dad passing at a very young age and how art has helped her be able to use the beauty of it to not forget about the moment, but express her emotions somewhere else. She also talks about why pushing back pain and hardship doesn't work and how you can safely express your feelings in specific ways. And also, it doesn't have to be like literally drawing on a canvas for it to be art. We talk about a few other ways to where you can safely express those emotions through journaling and other things like that in this episode. And you guys get to know an inside scoop of her creativity and so much more. Like I said, this is not your average when the cleats come off podcast episode, but I think this is a great conversation. Especially for athletes that maybe are on the edge of burnout, or hopefully you're just trying to not let burnout happen for your athlete. I just really sincerely, sincerely love Jessica, and I'm so excited for you guys to meet her today on When the Cleats Come Off. All right, let's head to the episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of When the Cleats Come Off. I have an athlete whose cleats have come off like mine on the show. We've been longtime friends. So fun fact before I even let you talk, I got to know this person when I was very little (laughs) and my dreams were to play at Notre Dame. And I vividly remember every year I'd go to camp and I would see this player and she was just like my favorite coach. I, I swear I went back to this camp because you were the coach at every single one of these Notre Dame softball camps.
0: That's very kind. Jessica,
1: I'm so excited to have you here.
0: (laughs) Thank you. I love camp.
1: (laughs) I know you love camp. and I love camp too. Probably for the same reasons. You might actually be a little bit of the inspiration for me to want to do camps.
0: Well, that's very kind. I love that.
1: I love that. We always had so much fun. Your cage. Everybody always looked forward to your cage because we knew we were going to have a good time.
0: (laughs) Didn't matter what drill. Nope. If you're not having a good time, why are you doing it? That's my motto. Facts. Facts.
1: Yeah. So take me back. Not. I, I don't want to age you either.
0: You're not that much older okay. than I am. I'm getting older though. I'm pushing almost forty. Maybe I shouldn't say that on the podcast. You know. But. But you're a kid at heart. I am. I tell everybody I'm actually twelve. <laughs> Forever.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure if you asked your but. athletes how old you are, they'd be like twenty-one. Yeah. Maybe. Yep. Yeah. I'm the like, other day, an athlete thought I was 19, and I'm like, add 10 to that, and here we are.
0: Yep. <laughs> I get that. Well, I walked into a high school one time. I was going to have lunch with some of my uh, kids that I worked with, and they're like, "Oh, are you here to register for school?" <laughs> and I'm like, "I'm in my 30s. <laughs> I am not 18." Oh <laughs> shoot! I yeah. love it.
1: So, before we dive into all of the creative outlets that we are going to get into, I would like you to share your journey through the game. <laughs> Take as long as you need.
0: Okay because I'm pretty sure I came out of the womb playing softball. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, 30 years, three decades of softball, which that is actually a weird realization, saying that just now. But parents played just kind of like slow pitch or competitively and were always at the field. And so here I am in my stroller at the field watching my parents you know, playing softball. So it's pretty much in me since I was little. Played all kinds of sports, wrestled because my dad, I think, wanted me to actually be a boy. So we did all the sports, (laughs) weightlifting. I mean, we were always at the gym somehow with my dad, but um, played soccer, played basketball, played, tried volleyball for a little bit, tried track. That lasted very short. Mm -hmm. I do not like running for no purpose. Longer than I did it. I never did it. (laughs) Right. You know, so then- played like, you know, your rec league kind of thing. And I loved all of my coaches and I probably should give you this picture so you could like post it somewhere on your podcast. But one of my very first memories of me playing softball is this picture in my hair is like all over, like in my face, just all over the place. I got a backwards hat on. Mm -hmm. I got these funky colored shorts. They're like fun geometric designs and like purple and green. And I mean, just crazy cause they were just fun. And I thought they were like, yeah, this is the epitome of softball right here, these sponge shorts. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and it's just, and I'm just like grinning from ear to ear. And I like take that little girl with me everywhere I go. But so I played all the time and then got into, realized I had some talent. Parents kept putting me in different leagues, started playing travel ball. Shout out to Michiana Mystique for you know <laughs> pouring into me. We'll
1: have to tag them. Um, for
0: sure. You know, just back when travel ball really isn't what it is today. It was more local stuff. I think I went on a couple trips, you know, to Southern Illinois or Indiana, and then you know Myrtle Beach. Those were like the biggest, farthest tournaments from here in uh, Indiana. So started playing travel ball. Loved it. Only played like two years of travel ball before going into college. When I was in high school, I went to camps. Speaking of camps, and fun fact for you, this is like all the full disclosure. I go up to talk to coach at Notre Dame, and I'm it's my first time at camp, and I just had a blast. It was all week long. We stayed the night. They don't do that anymore, but I I stayed the night. That well, you know, travel ball is just the way it is now. We don't have time for that. I wish we could go back. That it was. A lot of work on Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. counselor side. Which Chris (laughs) loved. (laughs) Yes. But so much fun as a camper. Anyway, so I'm going up to talk to Coach to just be like, I wanna play here, you know, Mm -hmm. thanks for letting me come. And Mm -hmm. I just start bawling. I'm just standing in front of her and I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like uh, laughing at myself inside, but like terrified that I'm just crying and I cannot stop. And I'm thinking, What is wrong with me? And my mom's looking at me, and coach is just looking at me like, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "I just don't want to (laughs) leave." Oh my gosh, that's amazing. So how old are you? Oh my gosh, fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, (laughs) not even like twelve. Wow. Yeah, I'm driving my car and I'm bawling in front of coach. Oh. Um. Anyway, so you know, because I wanted to play at the next level so bad, and I'm from small town. You know, middlebury indiana
2: mm-hmm.
0: and amish, um, country. amish country right <laughs> at least amish around you know what i mean just so me thinking that i'm never i had a dream when i was younger that i wanted to play mm-hmm. at the next level but i just you just didn't see that around me a lot because of how small small you know our town is so now i'm standing here like thinking oh my goodness here's my coach and i can't even talk to her Mm-hmm. <laughs> so went back the you next were, year.
1: You weren't committed at the time
0: though, right? No, 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 no. Okay. This was the first time I met them. Got it, got it. And I I had the dream that I wanted to play at Notre Dame since I was 10. And it's just weird thinking back because it was just like, that's what I'm going to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I don't know where, I don't really know where it came from.
2: Yeah.
0: I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. And here we go. Mm-hmm. Like there's no other option. And so the recruiting process was different for me than it is for most people now. Um, I only applied to Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. And had I not made it, had I not gotten through, I don't know what I would have done. I had no backup plan. Like I just, it was all in for me. And so that was exciting. So my journey is softball. Like it just has always been me. Like I've always been a softball player, you know? So, but lots of fun. I've had lots of fun. I went from you can tell me to stop rambling at any time. You're good. No, no. <laughs> I went from, uh, in rec league, I went from the girl, first year playing, I went from the girl doing handstands out in the outfield, chasing butterflies, like, <laughs> right, to the next year, everybody going, who is that girl? And like, what happened to, you know what I mean? Because I, I was the worst one on the field.
1: We all have been, I feel like. Yeah. At some point I
0: mean, and then realized I liked it, I think, and then started getting serious, but... Yeah. Anyway, it was fun little journey.
1: And it's interesting how you had like no backup plan. There was like no plan B. It was just just Notre Dame. But in hindsight, are you happy that was the way that you thought? Because oh, yeah. in reality, you probably did things that you wouldn't have done. Yeah. If you had like a broad spectrum of wanting to just play D1. Right.
0: Or- I think you look at it this way. Sometimes we look at plan B and then we or our backup plan. We downsize and, our and one. And then we don't go after the big one because, yeah. well, at least I have this.
1: Yeah, that's so interesting. I just met with a player the other day and I've worked with her for years and her goal is to is to play at a local college. I won't say the name of her. I won't say the name of the college. Sure. And in reality, I was like, you know, she's pretty good and this is what she wants. And I've, I've pushed her a little bit to see like how good she could be. And I encouraged her to go watch like FSU, play Florida or something, like sure. some big old game. And then I was and then she goes, Well, I'd love to go to Florida. Like that would be cool. And then all of a sudden I was just like, So why don't we go for that? Right. Because my goal, and people have heard this on the podcast already, was to play at Notre Dame. Yeah. And I didn't have any plans to go anywhere else in all reality. I went to all the camps. I went to other camps when I was older, but like it was just all my sites are in Notre Dame. And then ironically, just the way the cards played themselves, mm-hmm. I found myself getting offers from other schools that I had never planned to go to, Yeah. but then I ended up finding my home, like you have home in Notre Dame, I found that at Purdue yep. because of my sole plan right. to go play at Notre Dame. Right. So I literally, we literally had this conversation, and the other day my athlete's like, I wanna change my big, my big time goal now. I love it. And then ironically, the weekend after that, she crushes it. Like I'm pretty sure she hits her first home run the following weekend.
0: That's awesome.
1: And then ironically, it was the same place I hit my first home run and it was a grand slam just like mine. Right. In the same place. Love it.
0: Isn't that insane? Life turns out the way it's (laughs) supposed to turn out. And it's, that is insane, but it's also really, really cool. Yeah. Because you're digging into, like, I think oftentimes as we grow, so we start off as kids and we have these like there's nothing hindering our imagination, right? You watch a little kid play and they are just like, anything can happen at any moment and it's super exciting and you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But like as we grow, we have failures or we have things that get in the way or we have obstacles and then that kind of, oh, well, maybe I didn't actually want that or we experience Mm -hmm. a little bit of pain and we're like, oh yeah, well, that pain actually, maybe I don't wanna keep pushing through that maybe. Mm -hmm. And then we just start to you know bring our dream down to our reality right now when... The reality is that pain is actually meant to make you stronger, to make mm-hmm. you push through. And as you push through that, you know, you can pursue that bigger dream or maybe that bigger dream is actually over here, but had you not been pursuing Notre Dame, you wouldn't have known Purdue, right? Yeah. And same for me, like Notre Dame was Notre Dame for me because it was meant to be. Like mm-hmm. it I try to tell people that all the time because I work with a lot of girls. Um, I go back to camp every year. I'm, mm-hmm. I tell the campers, I'm a lifer. So if I'm not here, I'm probably dead because <laughs> <laughs> I, I missed one camp and it was because I, I went on a trip to Israel. So like, how am I gonna mess, mm-hmm. pass up that trip? But, but I just, I love pouring into that next generation because of that reason. We can, we can bring that, that big dream back out. But if we're not pursuing big dreams, what are we doing?
2: Mm-hmm. No, I
0: think, honestly, I think we all have big dreams that we were created for in, in our being. And I do actually also believe in an opposition that does not want us to fulfill who we are. Right. Mm -hmm. And so as we're following, as we're going to where we think we want to be, opposition is gonna, gonna come. Yeah. You know, because it doesn't like when we find out who we are. Mm
2: -hmm. And so
0: anyway, I'm, I could go on that for, for days and days and days, because I think even when I got to college, I didn't, it wasn't like, Okay, I made it. Yes. Now it's like, okay, now what? Like, what am I striving for while I'm here? Mm-hmm. And then we talked about this a little bit earlier, but you know, after living that dream, then then okay, well there's another dream inside that I need to find. And anyway, I'm really No, I love right it. I, I love
1: it. And so you mentioned how like the failures and the things that don't go the way you plan it, like it makes you stronger. Mm-hmm. If you feel comfortable sharing, could you share maybe one or two experiences in your pursuit of Notre Dame? To where maybe you found yourself maybe doubting a little bit or wondering if this is really going to be, if if it's going to come into fruition. Were there some like moments that stand out to you? Because I'm sure some players right now are going through something similar.
0: I'll share a few, maybe a little bit before. So anybody who knows me knows this. I'm very open about kind of the chaos I lived in as a kid, but parents got divorced. um, My mom got remarried. And um, I love my stepdad, like he's amazing family, but it's hard to blend a family, just differences in parenting styles. And I was a very hard child, so Mm -hmm. shout out to my stepdad. But, and then my dad passed away when I was young. So obviously there's obstacles. And then it was also a driving force for me too though, because you know, my dad was not here and my dad loved Notre Dame. So it was Mm -hmm. like, okay, well I'm gonna do it for him. But then there was, you know, the academic struggle Everybody around me, oh, you know, it, you got to have good grades to go there. And I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. like thinking in my head, anytime somebody would say that, I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. Thanks for letting me know. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, duh. I mean, just, and I, I, I hesitate to say like any names because there were some people that were really close to me that doubted, and I know they yeah, did. Me too. I um, had some too. And, you know, the way that I remember it, if my mom's going to listen to this, she may remember it differently. But so the way that I remember this is I took my PSATs. It wasn't even my SATs yet. And mm-hmm. my scores were pretty low. And mom's like, you're never going to get into Notre Dame with these scores. Like just kind of panicked right. because this is my daughter's dream Yep. and there's no way. Mm-hmm. So what do we got to do? That's, I think that was maybe her perspective, but I heard it as this negative, like you're never going to go. Right. And then you know all my teachers are like, oh yeah, that's pretty cool if it would actually really happen, but you gotta have good grades. I mean, just yep. the grades thing was like my nemesis because I, I wouldn't say that I'm the most academic person. I think I did pretty well, but you know what I mean? Like the standards at Notre Dame are crazy. And I've even talked to coach, like had it been a year before or a year later, probably wouldn't have happened just because of the way that the cards fell. But yeah. so anyway, I took my SATs three times. I took the PSAT, it was a low score, I took my SAT, it actually my score improved. I think mostly because jitters from mm-hmm. taking your first test, you know. You did it once, yep. <laughs> yeah, so you're familiar with it and it can get better. And then anyway, so okay. My parents, I mean, we didn't make a ton of money. So to get to camps or to get lessons or to get, you know, it costs a lot of money. -hmm. So, any kid listening right now, please thank your parents because (laughs) it's not cheap. And they, I looking back, I realized how much my parents sacrificed. But I mean, being able to get to games, like they both couldn't come sometimes because I I had a younger brother, so you know they had to split. So those were obstacles. I'm trying to think. Like, I don't want to. I don't. There was a significant person in my life. If they were to ever listen to this, I don't even want them to know it was them. But um, they were pretty negative Mm -hmm. and just. And not necessarily like, oh, you're never gonna do, you don't have what it takes, but it was just fear just spewing out of them. Yeah. Maybe because they lost their dream and Mm -hmm. they just didn't know what that looks like to run after it, I don't know. But it it affected me in a way of like, okay, well, am I gonna let this take me down and I'm just gonna let this obstacle like just be so big that I never do it? Or what if I just let them give me energy with that negativity? Yeah. And I don't actually remember consciously thinking that, but I think that looking back, that's what happened. And anytime mm-hmm. somebody said, you, oh, you better. And I'm like, okay, well, watch me. Right. <laughs> I yeah. just had this attitude of, all right, well, watch me. You'll see.
1: Yeah, like it, that reminds me of a story, and I think I've shared it once, but there was a girl in my rival high school, found out I was going to play at Purdue, and she's just like, yeah, she's going to sit the bench for four years. And I felt the same exact way. I'm just like- first of all, who are you? Like, you know, right. and I know that sounds like really mean, but I have to also realize that like somebody who I don't know doesn't really care about me at all. Like I can't right. let them in, right. right? And of course it felt like a shot to the heart the first time that I
0: was like, mm, go watch me. Watch me, Yeah, I
1: started all four years. Yep. And a part of me, you know, it's kind of, it feels very selfish to kind of like have that mindset, but there's a part of it that's also, I think something that like you were saying is like taking that and using it as energy can help you, mm-hmm. Unleash potential that maybe you didn't realize you even had. Right.
0: Excuse me. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, exactly. We People, I think people are so negative. Honestly, I think I touched on it just a little bit, but I think people are so negative towards it is because they've given up on their dream. Sure. And, and or they don't know what it actually looks like to push through because they've quit or they've given up. Mm-hmm. And so it's just easier to be negative. Yeah. I mean, if you look at, there's this one example and you could be standing on a chair and there's two people beside you. You can try to pull those people up and it's going to be extremely difficult, right? You're going to, ah, uh, like you're, yeah, come on. You're trying to pull them up. Mm-hmm. But if those two people take you and pull you down, it's, it's like nothing, right? right. It's going to take a little effort to knock you down, mm-hmm. but it takes so much more effort to stand up and stay strong. And so I think people just naturally, like even I can catch myself in it. People just naturally are like, Yeah, we'll see if that happens. You know, we're just, it's, there's just so much negative around us Mm -hmm. that it's just easier to be that way. And so when someone comes along and goes, I have this grandiose idea, watch, watch, watch this happen, nobody else has ever done that. And so, like, it's just harder for them to really understand what that actually looks like.
1: I've also heard as well that sometimes if it comes from someone close to you or family members, it's just because they care so much about you that they would hate to see you hurt.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with that too.
1: And, and that's, that when I first heard that, I was just like, whoa. Yeah. Because I mean, just like you said, when you go after something big, like it's going to scare some people mm-hmm. and the people that you love, like if it doesn't turn out, they, they, don't, they can't even imagine
0: right. somebody that
1: they love hurting. Right. And of course things aren't going to always go as planned. Right. There's going to be pitfalls and literally big holes that we fall in that we have to figure out mm-hmm. how to get out. But mm-hmm. you said that so nicely. I love it. Um, okay, so the real reason why you're here, <laughs> we had been chatting for a while just about art and creative outlets and how you've actually worked with Notre Dame before to do something other than softball mm-hmm. in a creative way to help you just get away and use it as an outlet to help yep. you process. The It's weird how like when you find your outlet and then all of a sudden you're better at what you do because you gave yourself time away. yeah. But you're an artist, you're very creative. What got you into this work? And what, have, what are you doing with it now that you see is helping athletes and maybe even non-athletes?
0: Sure, I think it's absolutely crazy because I've always been an athlete, mm-hmm. right? I'm an athlete, I'm physical, I like to be outside, I like to run, I like to compete. I love games. You know what I mean? Like I just, all those things are great. And mm-hmm. it became my identity. Like softball became my identity. So that's what I focused on. That's what I was good at. That's what people affirmed me in. I dabbled in drawing and I loved, my my stepdad was a, is a phenomenal artist. Like I tell him all the time, he needs to open up his own studio. So again, another shout out for him to, <laughs> to do that. But he, um, I think, I think God knew what he was doing when he put him in my life because God knew I was going to need that later. And so anyway, so just, so it's been around me, but I just never had time for it because I was always on the field or at a court or playing Mm -hmm. a game somewhere. So drawing, I, and, but I used my, I don't know if I told you this. I used my creative little outlet because I designed all of our t-shirts in school, like for, you know, we'd have a team t-shirt and I would like draw out some sketches and I'd go to my team and they'd pick which one we want. And so my senior cool. year, every team I I picked the, or I designed the shirts. So like that was That's so awesome kind of where it started, I mm-hmm. guess. It's always been a part of me. I just never really let it be, mm-hmm. you know? And so my dream was to go to Notre Dame. We were talking about this earlier. My dream was to go to Notre Dame. I played, I played, I competed, I grew as a person, I was a little bit of a mess in college just because I had to deal with some things, and mm-hmm. you know um and I was growing as a person but but at the same time, after I graduated, I was like, "Now what? Mm-hmm. I lived my dream like i had not I didn't really think about life after I didn't have softball because it's always been a part of me, and so yeah. that was really surreal, and I think a lot more athletes need to spend some time thinking about who they are aside from an athlete like your your identity should not be. I am a softball player. You are a person, you are a you are a gift to this world and you matter and you have value who plays softball, right? Who gets to compete at whatever level you're competing at. Mm-hmm. And so so that led me to, you know, I really love this. I love, love I love drawing and painting and finding new ways to create things because I really truly believe that when you create there's just something else that happens in you. As a person, you find out more about yourself when you're creating and you find out like your limitations too, because it can really hang you up on some things. And I think that's why people stop creating, but that's, you know, for a whole nother podcast. But anyway, we, I, so I picked up drawing, I picked up painting. Um, I drew, I, I remember painting, this is going to sound weird, whatever, but painting for me is really a spiritual experience. I really, it's mind, body, and soul. Like, mm-hmm. it's not just I get to create a page, right? It's, it really is an experience for me. So I picked up, um, never painted in college. I went to school for graphic design, but I never painted. I was terrified. I think, I think that just is really funny to say because I was literally would stare at this blank canvas and I would just be like, nah, it's not for me. Why? I was terrified, fear. Like, I was terrified to mess it up. Wow. I was like, didn't know what I was doing so mm-hmm. I didn't want to start yet
1: yeah. yeah
0: right and I think that you could translate that to anything if you're yeah. not perfect at something then okay well I I can't that's kind of been my personality like I like to be perfect at it and then I go
2: mm-hmm.
0: painting has helped me get rid of that
2: mm-hmm. because
0: I'm never going to be perfect one and two if I if I only start when I'm perfect then I'm never going to do anything I'm yeah. never going to start anything And so painting, I really feel like painting for me has been a gift from God because it has really helped me break out of that shell of like, all right, let's get started and let's learn as we go and let's mess some things up. Let's do some things wrong. And it's really funny because Chris, Coach Chris, she was my catching coach at Notre Dame. And she told me like, Huffnagel, just mess some things up, like just yell the wrong thing and then we'll fix it. And then you'll know. Mm Mm-hmm. Then you'll know for the next time. And I'm like, but I couldn't, I like could not like, I'm a catcher and I'm supposed to be commanding the field. And I was terrified to yell where to put the ball. So, you know what I mean? And coach would like harp on me, like, come on, like just mess it up. And finally I get it. Painting and messing it up and learning is all a part of the joy of the journey, you know? And I look back and go, okay, this is why I went through these things because now look at the picture, you know? Mm -hmm. Now look at what this can bring. So that's kind of been the long of the short of the journey, I don't, I don't know. Um, it's been an interesting journey. And I hooked up with a studio a couple years ago in Midland, Michigan when I lived there and amazing people who really just drew out what was in me mm-hmm. and helped me call myself an artist because I would never say that. Yeah. It was just it was just a weird term to me and foreign to me. And so finally, I was able to be like, "Yeah, I'm an artist, mm-hmm. and it's okay to be an artist, <laughs> totally. and it's okay to be an athlete and an artist, mm-hmm. even though it feels like a juxtaposition, but really can just sharpen you as a person when you start to be like who you're supposed to be." You know? Right.
1: So if you had art in the way that you have it now, the, at least the passion for it and the love for mm-hmm. it when you were playing, how do you think that would have impacted your
0: performance? There's a there's a quote, and I'm probably gonna botch this up. One of a, a famous artist said this, I'll have to look it up, but it, um, it says art, I can say with colors and shapes that I can't say with words, hmm. right? And so when I say that art is an, a spiritual experience to me, there are things that I went through as a kid that we started this podcast with, right? Like divorce and a death and blended family, and there's just lots of chaos. and. I, you can't really express all the way sometimes what you're going through mm-hmm. and hard times come and you can't, you can't always say with words how you're feeling. I have a lot of feelings, but I can't always describe them. <laughs> Usually it just comes out in anger. So mm-hmm. like have all these feelings and I don't know what to do with them. And so if we want to go back to my college days, like I actually, I mean, got suspended from a game because I was so in my head. And so, like, I didn't know what to do with my emotion. I was, I was told that, you know, hey, like, maybe you should look at this. Like, Mm -hmm. it's affecting not only just, it's not just affecting you, like you think it is. Mm -hmm. It's affecting your team. Yeah. Um, And so, I really had to look at that. And art has been a way for me to to start to explore those emotions that I can't actually talk about, Mm -hmm. and then it helps me talk about it. Right. So I I brought some pictures. I don't know how you're going to display them. I do
1: have a video running. So people on YouTube that are watching will be able to see this.
0: Very cool. Yeah. So describe the paintings that you're- So this painting here is called Dark Waters. Mm -hmm. I created it during, I have a time that I volunteer once a month at an organization called Spa Ministries. And we, we pray, we have a specific, maybe a specific focus or we'll pray and- this painting came out of that time. So sometimes when I sit down and paint, I don't know where we're going to go, right? Just start painting and then it happens. Mm-hmm. But this one in particular, we were talking about living water. And we were talking about how when you're thirsty, you go and get water. But where can you get, thir- where can you get water that like will quench mm-hmm. your thirst, right? Mm-hmm. In reference to scripture, it's um, the woman at the well. Um, so here we are, I'm p- painting water. Right, you can see the water here and you can see there's different colors and there's lots of movement. And this dark water, right, is representation of the things that I have gone through. Some of the hard things that, yes, maybe I've healed from, but I still are scars because they're a part of my story. Yeah. You know, going through, you know, a death in the family is impactful to you. It's very, it can Mm -hmm. be hard, like especially when it's somebody like your mom or your dad, because they're not supposed to go before you, right? Mm -hmm. It's just not the way it should happen Mm -hmm. in our brains. But life is life and life is crazy sometimes and it takes you down journeys that you never thought you wanted to go. And so here are these dark waters. I'm just putting it in with colors. And so sure, I could describe some of these dark waters and what they are, but some of them I can't. Some of them are just, I've felt them and here they are, right? Mm -hmm. And then. While I was painting, I was actually spraying water on it. So that's a fun little technique. Mm-hmm. So you get this, this fun texture in here. And then all of a sudden, if you can see here, there's a cross. It literally just showed up at the end of the painting.
1: You didn't pu- you didn't.
0: it? Was it. Not intention- it was not intentional. Mm-hmm. It just kind of showed up with the way, because I was so like, okay, I'm giving over this dark stuff into here. I'm just giving it over. Mm-hmm. And I'm being obedient to the process right i'm not trying to i have an end goal to make a picture yeah yeah <laughs> but being obedient to the process so here we're just putting it all in the canvas and then when we get to the end and i look back and when i say it's a spiritual experience for me i'm like oh. to me this painting says god shows up like every time yeah and and so whether you believe that or not you know i'm not we're not on this podcast to talk about your beliefs and your you know your faith journey but for me had i had something that i could maybe express those things that were happening inside of me that i didn't know how to express mm-hmm. to get it out maybe i wouldn't have just kept penting it up in yeah. and then explode later sure. right so when you go through experiences like that art can really help you process or even just it's kind of like that friend that's there for you that mm-hmm. isn't gonna try to talk you out of stuff or say too much, or, you know, it's like that friend that just shows up and is there. Yeah. And you can say whatever you want, do whatever you want, get it out, and it's still gonna love you.
1: Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> do you know what it, I mean? Yeah, it's interesting you're talking about that because I never was, I never used art as an outlet for me, but ways that I find very similar experience to what that feels like for you is journaling. Yeah. And I was never worried that somebody was going to steal my journal. And, sure. But I've written some things that I've felt that, um, you know, I wouldn't want people to see. And and it was my way of kind of like getting it out on paper and not having it within myself. Right, And I think it's also something that I can still get better at. You know, you're always talking about you're growing in art, you're growing. But like your art could be something other than physical painting, so people listening that are like, uh, I don't know if art's for me, we'll start with something that you can control and do to help you unleash that. So uh, another thing, cause we were talking about college, I remember if I had a tough game, tough practice, tough test, whatever, my way of unleashing that negative emotion or whatever I was going through was, I would just grab the tee and I would just mash balls for an hour. And like no intention other than I'm just going to crush every single ball that I get. Right. And as soon as I feel better, I'll walk out of this cage. Sometimes I was in there for 10 minutes. Sometimes I was in there for two hours. I would just blast some 80s rock. That was right. my thing. <laughs> and like, would you say that's art? I don't know. But that was my way of kind of unleashing those emotions that I had for myself. Sure. Um, in, in a way that there is softball there. But I think there are probably people here listening that maybe have their own outlet that they're thinking of right now that are like... Yeah, I'm just gonna go lean into this. Yeah, I always loved watching movies too, like movies and watching the creativity of movies. Yeah, Lord of the Rings was always my inspirational. I'm gonna get out of my own head because I'm watching this thing and I'll be inspired. Blah blah blah. But like even that art, that's not even mine. I love to use. Right.
0: It's enjoying. It's learning to appreciate the process, mm-hmm. the creative process. Yeah. Because what I've learned from painting specifically is you start with a blank canvas and your end goal is to end up with a picture. Yeah. But what happens in between? Like you would be, you would be amazed at if you watched me in the studio sometimes <laughs> because every single time, I kid you not, every single time in my paintings, there's always a part that I'm ready to throw in the towel. I'm ready to throw the canvas across the room. Mm-hmm. I'm, oh no, I ruined it. Like thoughts like that try to creep in. It doesn't happen as often any, as much I would say anymore because I've learned that, well, I guess maybe it still happens, but I just know how to handle it now, I think. Mm-hmm. So it still happens, but it doesn't destroy me like it did in the beginning. Right. So what happens is there's always a point that's like, ah, did I ruin it? Did I, oh, did I go too far? Did I push this too far? And then I take a breath and I say, no, this is a part of the process. Keep trusting it. And like stop just trying to make it perfect and just let it be what it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And then that turned into, usually after that, it's like this quick boom, 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 oh. And then I see it through a whole nother set of eyes, like Mm -hmm. the way it's supposed to be, right? So when you talk about the creative process, I'm gonna go back to another thought. When you talk about the creative process, it's not just painting, Mm -hmm. right? It's about about understanding yourself and learning yourself and allowing yourself to be like who you are supposed to be Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and not trying to make it somebody else not trying to make it you know only this if that makes sense so if you think about it this way I want to go to Notre Dame right I'm 10 year old and I want to play at the next level but if I only look at myself as Jenny Finch or Kat Osterman or some other great name right now right like those were the ones that I kind of looked up to or Elisa Fernandez like if I'm only looking at them as if they're supposed to be me well I'm never going to get to that next level but I can use them to inspire me right to get to that next level so I say that to say yes like you should be looking ahead and, and looking at people that are greater than you but you shouldn't look at them as of a way to say I have to be them
2: mm-hmm.
1: I know you're loving in this episode, but I'm gonna pull you away for a quick minute to share something that's been on my heart for a long time. So in the midst of COVID, when we couldn't even leave our houses, I noticed so many athletes were struggling with their confidence. They were losing it because they didn't have their creative outlet of softball to be able to go play and get better and see growth. And so my heart was broken when I saw this. So what I did was I created a goal smasher confidence course. And before you stop listening because you think I'm gonna sell something big, it's only $7, but it's 14 days of 30-minute activities. If they wanna spend more time on the activities, they can, but 30 minutes a day of activities to strictly work on developing their own confidence. Things like writing down the things that they're good at, communicating with their teammates and their coaches, things that get them a little bit out of their comfort zone, but you and her will be able to see that growth I wanted to share with you a quick little testimonial that Carol left me after her daughter had completed the course. She said, as a parent, I love that all of the content was great for her development in softball, but much of it also translated outside of softball. In a time where she was missing the interaction, Ashley's daily messages and tasks were just what she needed to motivate her and give her purpose in a very confusing and stressful time. I've had so many good conversations with her based on the things she's learned, and I've even watched too. Thank you, Carol, for that testimonial. And I hope it's enough for you to realize that, you know, even though we're not stuck at home anymore, every athlete has stressful and tough times. This is why we're having this podcast interview with Jessica today. So if you are interested in this 14-day breakdown of activities to help build confidence and belief in your athlete, head to www.ashleybtraining.com. Also, don't forget the www part because it'll take you to my old website for some weird reason. And then you can click also uh, the link in the show notes can take you there as well. It's called the Goal Smasher Confidence Course. Like I said at the beginning, it's only $7 because I want this to be available for anyone and everyone who wants to develop their confidence. So you can tap the link in the show notes or head to www.ashleybtraining.com to see the course and sign up today. All right. Let's head back to this episode with Jessica.
0: If we go back to the creative process, if you don't have that creative process, like you're you're just gonna keep doing the same things over and over again and mm-hmm. expecting different results. Do you know it's what I'm saying? It's called insanity. It's called insanity. Yes. And so when you add things in, you can enrich your experience as a softball player, by adding in these other things because it's going to open up a different part of your brain. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So whether that be baking
1: mm-hmm. or writing. I do a lot of baking. Now. I
0: love, right? I love baking. <laughs> I actually just love the end result of baking. So- I
1: love licking the spoon.
0: <laughs> yes. <from baking. laughs> Scraping it out and you're like getting every inch may of May or out. may not have made banana bread yesterday <laughs> yes. for that same reason. Yes. Yeah. So I you know that. what, I, like yeah. you, when you allow yourself to create have those experiences and you're not just only focused on softball Mm -hmm. or those experiences can actually make you better
1: yeah I feel like that with my golf game right now there you go because I'm so bad at it
0: I can't play golf because I I will like chuck a club like I get so mad
1: (laughs) (laughs) um I've never chucked a club I have put a divot in the ground intentionally but not to hit the ball Uh, yeah it's like a whole other story when ben was on the podcast ironically in this very same room we were talking about just like how hard it is yeah you know mentally but you know it's weird because i think of the golf course as like my new canvas that like i know nothing about right and and i'm really bad at it but you know i'm excited for the summer because i'm gonna go play yeah you know and i'm probably not i'm not gonna be that much better than where i am now but it's gonna be like my new thing that my new creative outlet that's
0: not softball that I can suck at for a little bit and hopefully see the results with. Sure. Think of a lot of it. The creative process is hard because there's always going to be a part that challenges you, right? Mm-hmm. So if you want to think about the creative process in your softball game or in your art or whatever you're doing, okay, you're on this journey, you're, tr- you're traveling and you're going towards this journey. There's always going to be a part that doesn't look like it should be there. hmm Right. So if you want to look at the creative, if you want to look at art in general, if you look closely, you can tell that there's actually red in here to create the richness of the blue. Mm. Right. When I when I I want to put the art terms, if anybody are art out there, if I want to enrich something, I actually put the complementary or the opposite color in there. Mm -hmm. So if I have blue, I said red, but I'm gonna do orange. Right. If I have red. I'm going ha- to put in some green. If I have yellow, I'm going to put in some purple or vice versa, right? Mm. on the If you look at a color wheel, whatever's on the opposite, I'm going to use that to actually enrich my picture.
1: Yeah. I see it now. It's so crazy that you mentioned that.
0: So when I look out now and I see the world, I don't just see a blue sky. I see all the colors that make like blue is a primary color but i also see all the other colors that make that sky richer right mm-hmm. and so that i think also helps me in the game of softball if i'm right handed i sh- i should hit from the left handed left side of the plate every once in a while because it's it's going to it's going to tap into another part of your brain it's going to make your right side that much stronger
2: mm-hmm.
0: right yeah. like if you throw right handed try to throw left-handed. It makes you think about things a little bit different. You're like, okay, I'm not left-handed. But we always go, oh, well, I'm not left-handed. I'm just gonna stay right. Yeah. But what if you actually started throwing left-handed with the intention of just, hey, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna see if I can get a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Like your attitude totally shifts. So when I go back to right, it's just that much better.
1: Yeah. Do you know because what I mean? Thinking, it's like coaching and why it's so <laughs> fun. And I found this out at camps. It's like when you teach the thing mm-hmm. that you know you actually realized you didn't know it as well as you did right. until you taught it and now you're better at it. Yes. And by the way, this has everything to do with your golf game, which you yeah. can't do, but like <laughs> you
0: should try it. Oh, <laughs> golf. Come golf I, this well, maybe it will be an experience. Yeah. I like don't golf because I get so mad, but there's also um, a book by Lou Holtz because I love Notre Dame, but anyway, by Lou Holtz. And in that book, he actually talks about his golf game and how he used to get so mad that he would throw clubs and all this. Yeah. And in it, he said there was, there was um, a partner that he was hitting with. He was like, you're not good enough to get that mad. And I was like, Ooh, like how often do I practice golf? Never ever do I practice golf. So why am I getting so mad about it? You know,
1: this makes me <laughs> laugh because when Ben was on, guess what story I shared? He said that to me,
0: that's awesome. My own
1: husband, said, you're not good enough to get mad. And no. literally the fact that that happened in that book, what's this book called by the
0: um, way? It's called Winning Every Day. Okay. I'm Winning Every Day by Lou Holtz. Notes. Winning Every Day by Lou Holtz. It's got all of these, I mean, he he tells this story through his coaching years and all these life examples through that, but it, it's such a good book. Little snippets that you can just take out. But when I read that, you're not good enough to get that mad. It's because it's not about being perfect, like mm-hmm. we talked about earlier. It's about getting better each day. Yeah, it's about taking that thing in front of you and being one percent better.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think so, it's females,
1: we try to be perfect.
0: It, and females, we're so bad at comparing. Yeah, against each other. Yeah, we always want to. It's not like we want to one up, but we just we're just so bad at comparing that. You know, we need to really appreciate the strength in each other and call that out and keep calling that out and not be intimidated by the fact that I'm not strong. Mm-hmm. Like we can both be equally strong and we can both um be um, we can both be amazing coaches, but we don't have to compete against each other. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. for on on the field, yeah, we're going to get competitive and you were both going to want to oh, win, totally. right? But like we're out here pouring into girls and we're doing our lessons and we're doing our things that we love, but Why should I sit here and go, Ashley's doing it. So like, maybe I shouldn't, or Ashley's doing this. So I'm, oh man, like I'm not good enough. And we do that all the time as females, Mm -hmm. all the time.
1: It's so funny. So for context, for anybody listening, is we both give lessons very close to each other, like within 30 minutes of each other. And it's funny because I've had athletes that I've given to you because I feel like they're gonna respond to you better than they respond to me. Um, We also have an athlete that we both work with, which is cool, so- you mentioned this, but you're a catcher and you work with a lot of catchers. And one of my athletes who hits with me, she was looking for a catching coach and she's been working with you. And I'm not going to drop names, but low-key, can we just talk about her for a yes, little bit? Yes, we can.
0: Because I love this girl,
1: she is 10, all right? Very little, but she knows what she wants. She plays like every sport. I'm pretty sure she just got done with basketball season. She's very athletic and she drives uh, over an hour to get to us, mm-hmm. but she wants it, man. Like she the competitive fire that she has, the love that she has for the game. Like,
0: tell me more about her. She reminds me a lot of myself when I was that age, Mm -hmm. um, talking about how, you know, I wanna play at the next level. Mm -hmm. I asked her the first time that I met with her, you know, what's your goal you wanna get, you wanna play at the next level? And I wanna go pro, like, didn't miss a beat, Mm -hmm. right? And I'm like, yes. Let's go like, yeah, uh, you know, and I love all of the ladies I work with, but there's just a fire in this one. Like you just mentioned when she
1: says it, you you know, she's going to play pro
0: 100%. I believe it. There's no doubt that that's what's happening. It's kind of like you and Notre Dame, like you were saying, keep going. So she's going to have critics. She's going to have people that are like, why are you driving an hour to go do this again? You Mm -hmm, know, why are you mm -hmm. spending so much time doing this again? Why are you, you never have, I just can see already like all of the stuff that's just going to come her way because like, it's just going to happen because she is the one that's going to like make a difference. Right. Yeah. In the game of softball and because of her conviction to play at that next level. Mm -hmm. And so of course, there's gonna be opposition, but at the same time, like, I'm so pumped for her because I know she's gonna be able to handle it mm-hmm. because she just stands. Like, when she said, I'm gonna go pro, it wasn't like, well, I wanna go pro. Yeah. She was like, I'm gonna play in the pro leagues. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. Instantly yeah. it challenged me. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. well, I better step up my game if I'm gonna help you as a catcher get there. Yeah. And then it just was really exciting because I know she's working with you hitting, right? I just, it was just exciting that we both get to be a part of her journey. I know. Right? It's so fun. So she brings, uh, because she has this, I'm going to go here. Mm-hmm. Like she just brings another level mm-hmm. of energy mm-hmm. into practice. And I put her with my older girls. I was just about to say that. Because I'm like, she girls, step it up. Like I'm And I'm telling my older girls, Look at this 10-year-old that just showed you up. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna let it happen? And then that makes them better. They're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's just fun. It's she she just brings a whole nother level because of her conviction mm-hmm. to play at that next level because she has a big dream. You yeah. know? Yeah.
1: I wanted to bring her up simply because she's like the athlete you dream to work with. Yeah. You know? Yes. As a coach. And like I need to do, I need to just make sure that I don't like try to claim her. You yeah. know, you know, because I've seen she's that. Mine. Well, well, I've seen <laughs> that yes. happen. Mm-hmm with a lot of coaches and I it's like it's way more than that though Mm -hmm. it's way more than that
0: um so I recently lost an athlete like not Mm. I mean she's alive but you know what I mean (laughs) okay okay yeah she went to another coach right Mm -hmm. and that's and it's hard to be like well what I do wrong what's wrong with me yeah like I gotta change my style like and I'm like okay no It just didn't work out. And I was supposed to be a part of her journey for that part of the time. Mm -hmm. And now someone else gets to share their experience and pour into her. And maybe they're the one person that needed to actually pour into her. I just had her for this moment.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Awesome. And then now maybe she needs, in her grand scheme of life, when you're looking at it, she needs this because of whatever they're gonna go through, right? Mm -hmm. So like I look at it that way instead of beating myself up and thinking, what did I do wrong?
1: Right, because we don't know the story. No, you know, like, we don't know. We, don't, know we everything.
0: don't. We don't. Yeah, and we don't know how long we're going to have this one. Selfishly, I want to until she gets to play pro, right? Because right. I want to be a part of that journey. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I get to be a part of it now. And if I think, like, I just want to pour into it right now because I know she's bringing me her all. Yeah. Right, and so I want to keep. I'm. It, this is. I'm talking about this like it's easy, mm-hmm. right? Um, Because it's really, really hard to um, not compare. It's really hard to not doubt. It's really hard to think I'm not doing everything right, right? Mm -hmm. And that's true, I'm not. But um, I get to be a part of the journey today.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So I have this saying, um, it's obviously really impactful because I can't even think about it right now. (laughs) I have this saying. I have the saying, crickets. (laughs) Um, I have this saying that the best is now and the best is yet to come. Mm. So like the best is right now because I'm living it right now, but also the best is yet to come. Like we haven't lived our best life yet. You know what Mm. I mean? So like instead of just looking forward or just looking back, like be present and be excited about where you're at right now. But also know that as you move forward and you go through those obstacles and you persevere, like the best is yet to come because of that too.
1: I guess i goosebumps. I love it. The best is now and the
0: best and is yet to come. The best is yet to
1: come. That might be the uh, title of this episode. Sweet.
0: I love that. Okay, so
1: show us the other art that you brought us.
0: Okay, these are my favorite right now and I say right now because they're the most recent. <laughs> and this is the now. <laughs> That's and... usually, yeah, the best is right now. <laughs> um, so this one here came, these all three came from the same space. Okay, so I'm volunteering at Spa Ministries. And so it's more of a, a spiritual kind of thing. But anyway, this one here obviously is a heart. And I'm, I didn't know what I was gonna paint this day. Didn't, mm-hmm. had no idea. Sometimes I have an idea, sometimes I don't. Today, this, this day, I had no idea. And I walk in and I don't even remember what the focus was. We, we mm-hmm. prayed and we have our paint and we grab a canvas. And I come up and one of the girls said, do you hear this song that's playing right now? And I'm like, well, I do now. <laughs> I just I didn't <laughs> at that moment. And she said, it's called another in the. I think it's called another in the fire. And the lyrics go, "There's another in the fire, standing next to me," meaning when we're. It, it's a reference to um, the story of Shad, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they were they were. Um, asked to kneel to this king. And they said, no, we don't kneel to you. We kneel to one God. And mm-hmm. so he said, well, because you're not going to kneel to me, I'm going to throw you in the fire. In fact, mm-hmm. why don't you turn it seven times hotter? And then they threw him in the fire and they're standing there and they notice that there's another being in the fire with them and they're not even getting burned. And they're just amazed, like what? It, what is happening? That I just threw you in this fire and it's supposed to burn you up, but nothing is happening. You're actually still alive. What it, so the king orders them to come out and he is just, I have to know what you believe in your conviction. And so that song is about when I'm going through the fire, there's another one in there with yeah. me.
2: It's
0: not just you. And so you can take that if you're a spiritual a- aspect, yes, that's God, but it can also be those people that are really encouraging you and supporting you yeah, your when you're going through it. Your coaches, your parents. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Right. So here I am painting this and this girl comes up to me and she says, I think that you should paint that song. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, just sort of like cool, thanks for the suggestion, I'm gonna keep painting over here, but then I just, it wouldn't leave me, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, that's what you need to do, and so as I was painting, I just thought about fire, and obviously it turned into, it's this heart-shaped, heart shape, and then all of these colors, like, I just kept thinking about the yellows, and the reds, and the oranges, and adding some of the blue, which you don't think, I mean, you see blue flame, but this deep, color to really enrich. And then I just like the movement of the song and, you know, I'm just, Mm -hmm. and then had no idea where it was going to go, but just allowed myself to be in the moment and let the painting say what it needed to say. Right. And so here's my heart. It's on fire and I'm passionate. I'm a passionate person. But Can't yeah, tell. I <laughs> just I know it's I, I kinda hide it really well. No, I don't. <laughs> um, but it's really about okay, there's darkness around me, but your heart is lit and it needs to be seen. Yeah. Like let it be seen. Stop holding it in this little shell in dark space. Mm-hmm. Let it be loud, let it be encouraging, let it be what it's supposed to be. So it's beautiful. So when I see it, that's what I think of.
1: That's awesome okay last one i want to see
0: it this one's cool (laughs) okay so this one i say for last because it's absolutely my favorite and i think it's going to be for a while um this one came from chaos Mm -hmm. this is chaos this all represents all the things that you know if you're going to talk about softball it can be all the things that everybody said that you weren't going to be it can be all the things that all the strikeouts and all of the all of the the hopes and the and the wins that you wanted and all those things. It could be mm-hmm. all of those dark moments. It can also be all of life's dark moments, like I mentioned before, divorce and death. And it can be, you know, your friend, your who you thought was your friend, now turns her back on you and, and sues you and your family. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> So it's just like it, those dark moments that, as you grow, just happen. And you never know when they're going to hit you because... Life can be cruel at times, but anyway. So here is the the clouds and the rain and the and the stuff that just pours in. If you're younger and you haven't been through some of those things, it can be it can be like you didn't make you team. failed your test or you didn't yeah. make your team and it devastates you. Or mm-hmm. you liked a boy and he doesn't like you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it just and it's devastating and it hurts your heart. Like I don't want to just throw those aside like those don't mean anything. Like those moments in your life are impactful and they hurt. Right yeah. And so that, those can be a part of your dark moments. Yeah. And so as, they're, as those storms are rolling through, right and, and you don't actually know what to do with them, right, you, I, I have a saying that you just face it. Mm-hmm. Like they're going to come, and it comes up and you just stand up and you face it. And when you face it, this is what happens. This lion
2: mm-hmm.
0: comes out. and if you're speaking to it from a spiritual point of view, this is a representation of God and what He does when he shows up and he speaks pushes back darkness, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're speaking to it from what's in you, like the, the inner in you, when you stand up against darkness, this is what you look like to chaos. Yeah. So I love this because this is what you can look like to your opponent that you've never beat. Mm-hmm. When you stand up and finally say, I'm not gonna let you beat me anymore. I'm just gonna stand up and let my inner out. And mm-hmm. it's gonna, like, there's a verse... Resist the enemy and he will flee. Like when you stand up against the things that are pushing back, when you stand up against opposition, it's gonna flee. Mm-hmm. It can't stand up against courage. Yeah. So when you do that, this is what you look like, mm-hmm. right? And so I look at this and I just think, okay, what am I scared of today? I just need to let my inner lion out because, yeah. <laughs> because the darkness is trying to take over. Yeah. And I need to not, not let it.
1: That's so interesting because- you know, you're always told, like, face the fear, face the fear, it's easier to say than do. But if you're fearful of something, it's probably tell- It's probably someone telling you mm-hmm. that you're supposed to stand up to it. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be uncomfortable. It's like when we work with our lessons. Like, if they're not uncomfortable during their time with us. You're never going to grow. We're wasting everybody's time, right? They're never going to grow, like you said. So... The fear, if you have fear somewhere, that means that you're probably in the place you're supposed to be.
0: Right, right. And if you don't have fear, it means you're probably not where you're supposed to be. Yeah, you're probably not trying, you are not getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah, right. Wow, this is so fun. So, you know, like I look at at fear and I look at that statement that I said earlier that Coach Chris said to me, you know, go and mess it up. That Mm -hmm. way we can talk about it and we can learn from it. We can grow from it. But if you don't mess it up, if you don't get uncomfortable, if you don't start putting yourself in hard situations, you're not going to get, you're not going to move forward. Right. So when we go back to what I said earlier about being terrified of painting, how does this painting ever come about of the lion coming out coming out of the, you know, out of the wherever space it was in to push back the darkness? How does this ever happen if I don't actually put the brush to the canvas?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Powerful words. Well, this has been a blast, and there's probably like 50 other questions that I want to ask you, but I think you should just come on again.
0: I feel like we could just keep going. It's you really know easy conversation. So I mean,
1: this is all we did talk at a coffee shop for like, <laughs> and in the car for like ever. We're like, dang it, we should have gotten this recorded. Yeah, you'll be back, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Anytime.
1: Okay, so for those who are super inspired by your journey and your story and your work. Where can people
0: find you and your art? So right now, I say that because I have some things in the works and I feel like, you know, I need to really practice what I'm saying and I need to start stepping out on the ledge and doing something about it. I'll be your accountability <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so right now, my Instagram handle is at g huffy. That's G-H-U-F-F-Y. Mm-hmm. Um, It's been my name forever, but I have a lot of my paintings that I, right now it's usually just a painting that's posted on there. Mm -hmm. And I have a Facebook page called GG Inspirations because I hope that what I do encourages and inspires. And so I'm constantly gaining inspiration from around me. So I want that to come through. Mm -hmm. So those are the two spaces there, but they will be changing in the near future, so that will those will all be on the on the pages. Got it. So that you can find that. Got it.
1: Well, I'll put all of those into the show notes as well, so they can connect with you. I just want to thank you. But well, we're going to do a five to thrive question and answer. Okay. Okay. But I. But before that, I just want to thank you for being so vulnerable and honest about creativity, because it's not something that we've really talked about on the podcast, and a lot of people do identify as just a softball player. Mm-hmm. I think you and I are victim to that. Mm-hmm. Um I, I did it the same. Um, I just I played other sports too and but then it was kind of like I never really thought about having an outlet or something that I could lean into when I needed it. So I hope this is, yeah. this encourages a few people to just try something that maybe scares them a little bit. Yes. And see where it takes them. Right. Cuz it'll make them a better softball player.
0: It'll just make you a better person yes. in general, a better version of yourself. Which makes
1: you a better anything that you do. Yes. This is parents, coaches, everybody. Yes. <laughs> like about, yeah. Yeah. So this is super powerful. All right. Can I ask you some rapid fire questions? Sure. Ooh, look at her. She's like go. getting ready. into her You're stance gonna... right now.
0: She's like, ooh. I adjust my hat. You just have a coffee
1: first? No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. First one. What's your favorite part of coaching?
0: Oh, just seeing the spark. Like the girl we were talking about earlier, my favorite part about coaching is seeing that spark in the little version of me
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know that's just like yes let's go let's get after it
1: i love that so i know you and i love camps a ton I love camps. favorite part of camp
0: wow how do you even say my favorite part mm-hmm. I, it's essentially the same answer like i get to pour into that next the next softball like generation mm-hmm. you know i get to keep the sport alive the passion that's inside of me about the sport, I get to pour that into that next generation. And you keep it fun. It, it's Again. It needs to be fun. If you're not having fun, then you need to really reevaluate like what's going on.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Completely agree. Even like coaching scenarios. Everything. Like, yeah. There were times where I didn't love the game either.
0: Yeah. It, it's a part of life. I think it challenges you and you really need to, it's not always going to be fun. I should preface that. Like if you're not having fun, why do it? There are going to be times when you're not having fun. But it's Mm -hmm. necessary for you to do it. Like it's not always fun to get up at five in the morning and go lift weights. Like Mm -hmm. I wanna be sleeping, right? But since I have to do it, since I get to do it, Mm -hmm. why not why not make it fun?
1: That reminds me of something that I heard recently of, you know, referring to family. It's like you have to love them, but sometimes you have to like them. Right. Well, if you have a love for the game of softball, as long as you still love it, you're in good shape. But you're not always gonna like it. No. But you're really good at sharing the fun. This <laughs> has been this has been
0: fun. This has been fun.
1: Okay, what's the fav- Your favorite game that you ever played in?
0: My favorite yeah. game. Do you have a favorite game? Well, wow, I've played mm. a lot of games. My favorite game. My instantly the first thing that pops into mind, which is kind of weird, um, is when we were in Florida and I th- and I threw my first person out a second. Mm. It, w- it was. I think it was my first game I started, and boom, boom, threw her out. I just remember that feeling of like, yes, like I don't. (laughs) It all just. We're in Florida. It's nice out. It's warm. You know, we're in the Midwest, so it's nice to see the sun. And it just was like, here we go.
2: Mm -hmm. That's a
1: really cool memory. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Can you describe your coaching style in three
0: words or less? Energy, passionate, and gritty. What does that mean? Gritty. Like get after it. Don't hold anything back. Yeah. You know, just get dirty, go for the ESPN play, Mm -hmm. you know, like Mm -hmm. just why not? Because if you don't, then you're always going to wonder, could I have? Yes. You know? So go after it.
1: That's so well said. (laughs) Okay. Before I ask you the final question, I just need to thank you for coming on. This has been fun. It's been a long time coming too, but your schedule's so busy. Oh, yeah, every player that works with you is so lucky to have you.
0: Oh, thank you.
1: And everybody who listens, like, there's so much that you know isn't really talked about in the game that we talked about today. Yeah, that I think is really gonna change how people think in a in a positive way, just from listening to your story and, and your work. So, oh, thank
0: you. Thank you. Okay, so I'm a words of affirmation person, so I need to I, I fills up my cup, <laughs> and I just need to say too that. I love what you're doing with this. I love that you're taking your platform and pouring into that next generation because you know it's needed, right? When the cleats come off, okay, yes. Like we love getting into the game and playing the game, but when they do come off, okay, like I'm still I'm still me and mm-hmm. I still need to move forward. And I I don't know, I just love that. I love that you're passionate about pouring into not just the athlete too, but yeah. the whole family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this podcast is definitely a blessing to everyone that listens. So. Thank you,
1: and that also is just for whenever a game's over and
0: you go home. Yeah, like, I just I love pop that. something on and listen to something else other than the radio or ads or whatever. <laughs>
1: totally, and scrolling Instagram.
0: <laughs> yes, get off Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you just gave everyone your Instagram. I, oh yeah, go follow well, we me, try, but then get off of it. I feel like you and I are on the same page. Like yeah. we try to be the
1: light of the Instagram. Yeah. Like. Be the good side of it. Be the—I don't know—not always showing the highlights, right? right? Like your, your paintings that you just showed us. Like there's darkness in every single one of those yeah. that you painted. Yeah. And it, I'm not saying everybody go post your horror stories, but right. Right. you know, just the everyday too. Mm-hmm. It's like be real. What were you gonna say?
0: Okay, so the question: Your favorite game? I can't even believe yeah. I didn't say this. Oh, okay. okay, okay. So is that Purdue? Shut up! I'm not even lying. So Megan Cioli and yes. I, she coaches now at U, uh, Texas. Mm-hmm. She was a senior um, my junior year. Okay. Okay. So I got to play with her for two years, and we were both from Indiana. So when we were in when we were at Purdue, or whenever we played Purdue, we called it the state championship. <laughs> we're like we're at the state championship come on we got to hold it down I for the indiana girls the no i don't think that we played at you okay interesting okay during that time so this. anyway it was Purdue. Oh, really yeah. yeah and the one game i was like hit a shot off the wall i will never forget it oh that's so fun i love it. anyway i love it. not that. that fun that state fun. championship mm-hmm. the two hometown girls
1: that's so fun yeah i love that okay final question okay you ready yes what advice would you give to a young athlete or catcher looking to grow in this game and do big things?
0: I think the advice I would give is to make things hard. Don't just do the easy thing. And um, don't just look for the easy thing, but put yourself in hard situations, but then also believe in yourself in those hard situations. You know, mm-hmm. failure is a good thing if you learn from it if you take it and you learn from it and you get a, just even a little bit better because the failure is only failure if you quit or you stop trying. But the failure will make you better if you let it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's such a hard thing. I still am learning that. So young athletes, if you can take anything away from this podcast, go and get yourself in hard situations because of what you're gonna learn on the other side of that hard situation. It's gonna mm-hmm. make you so much better. Yeah, yeah all around not yeah. just a softball player
1: so well said parents and coaches can definitely take
0: something yes. from that too yes yeah
1: it's supposed to be hard
0: there's a saying exercise is hard and being lazy is hard choose your hard. Hmm. like being broke is hard but being rich can be hard mm-hmm. choose your hard. there's a couple other scenarios but it's like okay life's just going to be hard period so are you going to let it push you forward or are you going to quit and let it push you back So you, but you get that choice. So choose your heart and be excited about it and go, go after it. Like if you haven't given your all, why ask yourself, why am I not? And Mm -hmm. if it's because you're afraid, put that aside and go anyway. Because when you do, (laughs) I was about to say, but your inner lion, the lion will come out Yeah. and you'll see, you'll see just what you're made of when you can push through that. So good.
1: So good, all right, drop the mic. Thank you so much, Jessica, this has been, this has been yes, a blast you. and I can't wait to thank have you. you on again.
0: Uh, thank you.
1: Uh, wasn't this episode just refreshing? Uh, Jessica has been through so many hard and difficult things. I can't even imagine what she has gone through, but being able to share her story and her creative outlet that has allowed her to express her emotions is something that we don't talk about often. And I feel like whether we've gone through something similar to what Jessica has, or even our own internal things that have come up in our life, it's really good to have this foundation of creativity. I learned so much with this episode. And wasn't it fun kind of talking about the athlete that her and I both work with? We love her, and I knew she was gonna light up when we talked about her. So. Jessica actually dives into a little bit more of the specific art that she shared and expressed. So you guys heard of one painting that she has done and you can actually find two others that she talked about as well on our YouTube channel. I've recorded the entire conversation with Jessica and she goes deeper into how she paints and what she paints and why she paints it. Um, And you can find that on my YouTube channel. It's just Ashley Burkhart Training. You can also catch the entire interview on there as well. I'm so grateful that you tuned in to another episode of when the cleats come off as always if you thoroughly enjoyed this episode please share it with your friends on Facebook Um, go ahead and write a review if you feel like it on Apple podcasts or leave us a review on Spotify every single review helps this podcast grow and reach more people like you and I'm so grateful to have you here all right don't forget to stay humble keep working hard towards those goals of yours keep smiling